Hello and welcome back to another episode of Under the Lights. Um, yeah. My name's Tom Murray. My name's Callum Wilson and this is Under the Lights. First of all, Callum, let's just avoid the elephant in the room. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm not bad, mate. I'm not bad, all things considered. Um, I don't think there's much avoiding the elephant in the room, considering that's what this podcast is going to be about this week. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not bad. Better than I was Saturday after that. Yeah, well, it was a really nice day today. We're recording this on Monday. Um, it's been uh, absolutely glorious down on the south coast. Lovely blue sky. Did you manage to get out and about a bit? Um, I did at the weekend, yeah, visited uh, some friends, um, played football myself on Sunday. But yeah, so I, I managed to kind of avoid having to watch the whole thing on Saturday, which uh, which I'm guessing you didn't. No, no, I had to put myself through what, let, 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 I mean, let's get into it because after all of the bigging up of how we seem to have turned a corner, Ralph had seemed to you know, become less arrogant, um, change his team. He then just, he almost got too cocky himself and thought, you know what, we're good enough to start tinkering. And I mean, we've lost to the side at the bottom of the league. It's an embarrassing result, really. Um, I know we took the lead early, but come on. We've taken the lead against the side bottom of the bottom of the league and we've come away with no points. Oh yeah, it's not just the side at the bottom of the league either. It's one of the shittest sides you know, Premier League scene. I mean, Norwich are poor. When the when the goal scorer to win the game is Grant Hanley, then you know it's a bit of an embarrassing result. So, yeah, I don't know. Did you did you see it as cockiness? I, I kind of saw it as almost the opposite. I was thinking, if you're going to go for it against a team after scoring within four minutes, you're going to go after this team. I mean, why we played Diallo on the right wing when we had the likes of Teller why why we then at one all brought on Lianco and for Romeo and brought on Walcott and for Adams and the subs didn't make much sense to me. It almost no. seemed like, I mean, once again, just kind of displayed Ralph's tactical inexperience almost because Dean Smith, you know, we absolutely smashed him in the first half and once again didn't make the most of it. You know, we should have been ahead. Their, their equaliser was a foul. I mean, it was poor from our part, and we'll go through the goals. But, you know, the, the, Atkinson, once again, useless, didn't give the foul more competitors. And who knows, you know, if they hadn't equalised so early and got the crowd behind them, it, it may have, you know, maybe we would have got a second, you know, maybe it would have gone a different way. But we once again, we dominated and we just didn't make it count against a poor Norwich side. And Arsenal sort of alluded to that post-match. Um, but I just, yeah, I just... I, I almost think he was the opposite of cocky. I almost think like he, for, for some reason, there was not fear, but like it gave too much respect to them. Whereas we should have just, we were better than them. We should have really enforced ourselves, imposed ourselves like on, in our style of play onto them. Uh, I'm not sure Dean Smith would have been able to deal with it. Like he couldn't, as Aston Villa boss. One point I'll make in terms of just being fair to Ralph, there's not much he can personally do when you have, when you're so dominant, getting it right and your strikers are not putting it in the back of the net. I mean, there's not much you can do when arguably, once again, you should be three or four up by half time. Yeah, and you're I agree. That, like, in term, but the thing that gets me, and I know that we've been singing his praises and we've been defending well in the last few games, but this has now happened three games in a row now with Watford, um, Villa and Norwich, where we've been sensational in the first half and then it's completely turned on its head at half time. The opposition managers made changes and we look a completely different side. Um, we've managed to be lucky in terms of against Watford and Villa that they didn't make any chances count. Um, but it just seems to be like, I know we've won two of the last three games, but it just goes to show a little bit how, you know, it's a bit of a, glaring a glaring theme at the moment that we do brilliant in the first half but the second half we're pretty much ha hanging on by the end of it yeah yeah first half you can't really criticize um you know that he's put the best 
team out in his eyes and they've played well and they should be winning. By the second half, it all, it all hinged on tactical changes from Dean Smith and Arsenal wasn't able to match them. He wasn't able to combat them and, and Norwich took control of the game, which was really disappointing because, as you said, we, you know, really it's one all. We should be doing better. But, you know, I don't know if, I don't know so much that we're going back to the old ways where we're putting in all that effort, high pressing, and then we're spent. And we put everything into the first half to win it. Second half, we're, we're lagging, we're struggling. But I think it's almost the other way around. And, and you know, you can't, you can't have your cake and eat it. You know, we've been saying about how our defensive record is so good because we've decided to defend what we've got instead of going for it and being open. And the amount of times we've been ahead and we've ended up losing under Ralph, this season's been minimal. Obviously, it happened at the weekend. But... That's that's mainly because of individual errors, but I I I would say that it's it's now for Ralph. It's now picking the right games and the right moments and the right opposition to be defending a lead when you need to. One one away at Norwich, bottom of the league, is not a time to be bringing on a third centre back and sitting behind the ball. I mean that's that's glaringly obvious. So. You know, the fact that he still continues to bring on Walcott instead of Teller. Teller might as well not make the trip up there because he never gets involved. Bringing on Lianco for Romeo seemed odd. Why would you take Romeo off when we're in a battle? Gilmore's playing really well. The subs just didn't make sense. And it looks, it seems to me like he was trying to combat the change that Dean, Dean Smith made, but he could not wrestle back the momentum. And at the end of the day, that's what he's there for. Yeah, it was really poor. The substitutions made no sense at all. And I think it was just really disappointing because it looked like we turned a corner and he, you know, he'd managed to get some credit in the bank, as it were, with the way that we've managed games. But it's it just almost, he almost, he basically hit the panic button against Norwich, I think. Um, and he didn't know what he was doing. I think as much as I like Theo as a person, he's not, he's not nowhere near. I think he's, I'm not even sure if he's championship quality at the moment now. Um, his decision-making is poor. There's no sign of that pace. For a Premier League footballer that's got over 40 caps for England, he should be getting that header on target at the end. Yeah. Um, you know, if that's Brozier instead, then that's pretty much, that's probably a goal. Um, and it's just baffling that he's in, Teller's involved in pre-season. He looks like the player is going to make a real breakthrough. Lots of positive things said about him. And what he's he's no sign of him whatsoever. If you're going to change your game against Norwich, you bring him on instead of Walcott. If you're going to bugger about with different people in different positions, at least you know put put a player that's actually going to change the game. Rather, Walcott has shown this season that he can't make that he he can't do anything really. As disappointing as it is to see, that's just the the truth of it at the moment. He's not an influential influential player. Um, but the thing uh, is, it's not even just the players that he's brought on. It's the ones he took off. Adams, yeah, you take, the off, you take off Trey Adams for Walcott and put Walcott up front. I mean, what, what is, what's the point? I mean, yeah, you've got Breuer, you've got Armstrong. Armstrong, Adam Armstrong gets forced out wide to accommodate Walcott down the middle. I mean, why are you overcomplicating things? We've got three good strikers. And Trey Adams is the form striker at the moment. He's scored a goal already. He's almost got a second. He's causing problems. He's in form. Let him let him play. I mean, Walcott's a confidence player. I think is 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 how I see him, and he's lacking confidence now. But Adams is superb at the moment, and he he is a confident player. You want to continue to have your best opportunities to score goals on the pitch, and and he is one of them. You know, taking Romeo off as well. I don't get it. And you know, Romeo is is key to the way we play, and that was the sort of game where we needed him in there. Took him off, put Lianco in there played three at the back and, and took away from our strength in midfield. So, yeah, it all it all was just a little bit strange. And, I, you know, it's, it is only one game. It's just the fact that, you know, if that happened against most teams, I'm fine. But Norwich, you know, I mean, let's get on to the goals, though, because what we can't account for is the individual errors that keep happening. And we keep conceding similar goals to that first Pookie one. Yeah, it was really poor. But, I mean, both goals that we conceded were... Absolutely dreadful. And we'll talk about the second one because that's just a, a farce. But the first one, you know, 
Salisu loses his man. Let's forget the fact that it was foul. The game's gone on. You play to the whistle. Um, Alex McCarthy shouldn't be conceding that header from Pukki and palming it into his own goal. Salisu's lost his man. And as bad as Norwich are, Pukki is their one player that's good enough to score from those opportunities. Um, yeah, it's just really, really poor. And I know there's the saying of your most vulnerable straight after you've scored, but it's against, it's against Norwich. You Of all the teams that we've played in this run, Norwich is the team that you think, yeah, this is, this is the game where we're keeping a clean sheet. And to concede so soon after taking the lead, it, or it felt, you know, it almost felt like going behind because the crowd had gone straight from, oh God, you know, we've conceded so early, this is horrendous. Um, what's going to change? And then suddenly they're completely lifted and for, for, for the rest of the first half. Yes, we continue to dominate, but as it showed, the, the fans were right behind them. Yeah, I mean, if you watch the goal again, it's difficult to to pin the blame on one player. But again, it's the same old it's the same old shit with our back line in that I can look, I can think of a couple of goals off the top of my head. Uh, I think the third goal, the Calvert-Lewin goal against Everton, first game mm. of the season, comes from their right-hand side. And, and between the centre-backs or the full-backs, they lose a player. They don't pass him on properly. Maxwell Cornet for, for Burnley. Everyone blames Liveramento. But the, the centre-backs shift late. Salisu and Bednarek and... And there's no communication in the end. He's free at the far post. Livermento can't get around and cover. And then this goal with Puki, it's really clever movement. It should have been a foul. But A, we shouldn't be allowing that uh, overlap. And it's difficult because Walker-Peters would have been there to help defend it. Romeo ends up in the left-back position. And it's actually Aaron's that gets to the byline. So it's a two-on-one. So fair enough. But... Bednarek has everything in his sights. He's in a great position. He's got Puki at the end of his arm. And Puki makes a late dart to get across Salisu way past the near post and flick it. Salisu doesn't even know he's coming. He should know. He should look over his shoulder, but he's, he's watching the ball. He should be aware. But Bednarek has also got to tell him. And whether he did or didn't, I'm not sure. But even if he did, it's a split second and then he's there. But McCarthy being beaten at the near post like that is... is is absolutely awful goalkeeping, which is the theme for both goals. But yeah, that's happened numerous times. And I can't help but feel that Benarek has not got them leadership qualities to organise. And it's always from that side. All three of those goals I mentioned all come from that side. The cross comes in and Salisu is at the near post. But Benarek kind of, he is in the position to dictate what happens. And that's where the organisation gets let down. I thought he was poor anyway. Um, I've got to be honest, I don't think Benarek is is the strongest centre-back. I've said that for a while, but even when Puki sort of makes him turn like a, a milk float and for that shot where it's actually saved at the near post, second half, his body position, his weight's on the wrong foot. He's so slow. And Timmy Puki's hardly rapid, is he? So, no. yeah, I thought he was poor, as were many players, but you just feel like it's strange to say, but like if Jack Stevens maybe is the player is becoming the player we we hope he is with his confidence that maybe he can be that kind of leader and that talker at the back. Although I think he might have played that first game against um, against Everton, his cock up anyway. So yeah, that was that's how I saw the first goal. The second goal, you should never concede from a set piece. You should never concede to Grant Hanley and. Alex McCarthy just shouldn't concede it. But again, Lianco is our tallest player and he he's doing a funny dance at the back post. I don't know where he's got Hanley, where he wants him. And then he kind of just, Grant Hanley has hardly got the best movement in the world, but he leaves him for dead and he's got an unmarked header. The only person who's close to stopping him is his own teammate, Williams. And then uh, obviously Butterfingers flaps at it down at his, at his post. So really, two defensive errors, but certainly two goalkeeping errors. Otherwise, we could quite easily be talking about another 1-0 mm. after a goal in the first four minutes. And that's but, the difference, you know. That's the difference sometimes. It is, it is. And the, the second goal is just 
Well, it's ridiculous. Um, it's, I mean, I, obviously, I think McCarthy has made some really good saves recently. The one against Watford in the last minute has won us the game, essentially. Um, so, like, to give him that sort of credit, but um, in at any level, that goal should not be conceded. That is, I don't think I'm over, like, over-egging it a little bit when I say that is Sunday league-level goalkeeping. The header is a free header, yeah, but he's it's gone down, it's bounced, and he's just misjudged it horrendously. And it's almost more difficult for to concede that than it is to save it. If that um, goal goes in on a Sunday, if I'm playing on a Sunday and that goal goes in, everyone's kind of rolling their eyes at the keeper mm. at Sunday league level. So a Premier League level goalkeeper who's let that go in, I don't know what his team must be thinking. But the header shouldn't get in there in the first place. Mm. And we've said this before. Yes, you're right. McCarthy has in recent weeks made good saves. And he's always made good saves. But he, he seems to struggle with the stuff that should be meat and drink for him. He's mm. making errors all the time. Yeah. And we keep talking about Sam Johnston. Imagine having Sam Johnston in goal instead of McCarthy. Yeah. I think it's a completely different feel about the defence altogether. And I mean, I just hope we get him. I know Henderson seems to be available now as well. There are good young goalkeepers, and you know, if we have any money to spend in the summer, I know Johnson will be on the free. But if we have any, even in January, if we have sort of a priority, I mean, it has to be the goalie. Oh yeah, I know. I completely agree. The goalkeeping situation is something that we need now need to sort because. We've clearly put all of our eggs in one basket and we're going to go with McCarthy being the one of the two to stay um, to the point where you almost feel like you can't put Forster in goal because we're just running down his contract now and the only appearances he's going to make are in the cup. I mean, I would I would start him against Liverpool. I know McCarthy's been in decent form, but I, fe- I think those kind of errors are droppable mistakes. Um and look, I know Liverpool is almost is at the moment is set, well any time is coming into the deep end, but we forced a, a phenomenal performance against Chelsea in the cup. And I know he might just be putting himself in the shop window. Um, it's unlikely that they're going to switch keepers, as I said, like all eggs in one basket. We're not we're obviously not going to keep Forster, and McCarthy's going to be the one that will become the second choice, assuming that we get a goalkeeper. But it's a situation we need to um, sort out because at the moment our goalkeeping options are very much a six out of 10. It's just. It, yeah, it, we it, are. And, and you're right. I don't think he's going to change it. You know, unless McCarthy keeps doing this every single game, mm. it, you know, continuously, then unless there's an, a, an obvious cry to bring in Forster as our only other option, then, then he'll continue with him because Forster won't be here at the end of the season. But, I don't want to be looking over our shoulders because we've had a good run, but I felt like the results went against us at the weekend. You know, Watford got a win, Villa got a win, um, you know, obviously Norwich got a win, you know, even Burnley, Newcastle, Brentford, they all got points. The only team I think below us to lose was Leeds. So it, that, well, that went against us. We've got Liverpool next. And I just, I just feel like we don't want to be looking at it at the end of the season if we do go on a bad run, thinking we had Forster on the bench, who, in my opinion, is a better goalkeeper, but we didn't use him because he wasn't going to be here at the end of the season. The fact of the matter is that we don't want McCarthy to be our number one next season. So whether we play our future number two or a guy who's going to leave is irrelevant to me as long as it's the best guy for this season. And I still think that's I still think that's Forster. Um, you mentioned the Liverpool game. Well, actually, it w- there was there was some positivity, um, including the goal, another well taken goal from Che Adams. A good early start. Walker Peters once again doing really well on that on that left side. Um, and Armstrong and Adams linking up, and and Adams with composure in his finishing that we've maybe not seen before. Yeah, it was a really good finish, and the way that he muscled off the defender as well held him off. And um, yeah, a really calm finish into the bottom corner. It was uh, a person, I didn't see the goal uh, live, but when I saw the description of it come through, or uh, I thought, oh, okay, from the sounds of it, it's maybe like a one-on-one. He's battled off the defender and hit it near post or something. But then 
in the way that he does just absolutely smashing it. But no, it was a really cultured finish into the bottom corner. And obviously to add that to another great finish for Scotland last week as yeah. well, uh, he's very much the informed player, which makes it even more baffling that he's been taken off um, in, in that game. But yeah, big positive. Uh, we know how much of a confidence player he is. So I think you just got to keep on playing him at the moment. You've got to keep on starting him um, as much as you may be a fan of Armstrong or Broyer Adams has got to be the first name on the team sheet in, in the striking department. Yes, it's his, his shirt to lose, isn't it? Um, <clears throat> talking of whether you would or would not play players then, next game, we've got a week to go from uh, losing that game against Norwich to the nice, easy task of facing Liverpool at Anfield after they've just dispatched Arsenal 4-0. How, how do you think Ralph needs to play that? Because he has mentioned that he's going to use his squad and rotate them. I mean, I don't see a huge reason for him to do it for Liverpool, considering we've had a week between games. But then Liverpool is the first game of three inside eight days, isn't it? Yeah. So do you do you, usually the game in the middle is the one where you might rest some players, but do you potentially make a few changes against Liverpool, knowing that other players you might want to play two games in four days? I think I would make some changes because of those three, Liverpool away, Leicester at home, Brighton at home. Obviously, Liverpool is the, on paper, least winnable of the fixtures and you want to have your players fit for the um, and fully rested for the two, um, I wouldn't say easy games because they're not. Leicester, I know they're in torrid form. Uh, they're having a real mess this season. Um, but it's certainly a game at St Mary's that we can win. Brighton is a difficult one to gauge because you're not quite they they can on their day play very well uh, but that's at the same time they don't seem to be in the best of form uh, but they will play good football and we always seem to struggle at home to Brighton um, but just on Liverpool I would I would make the changes but maybe not not too many I think this may be a game where possibly you put Perot at left back and then again would Walker Peters be better at left back because Mo Salah is obviously going to cut in on yeah. his left foot? Um, I had the exact same thought. Perot is, is one of our more capable second string players at the moment, but he'd be coming up against someone in Mo Salah who's left footed, coming in on that side. Maybe the right footed Walker Peters, who's arguably better defensively, is worth playing. And then you could play Perot against, mm -hmm. against Leicester or Brighton. Um, It'd be interesting to see how Ralph does play this, though, because these are the games that Ralph has really excelled in, in terms of playing away from home against the good teams, or at, at home as well, if you look at you know, Man United mm. and West Ham. But certainly uh, the, the games against Chelsea, League and Cup, uh, the, the Man City game, of course, 0-0 in the league. It'd be interesting to see how he goes about this, because he played a certain way against Chelsea, against their 3-4-3, where... Would everyone just man marked? It'll be a different system, obviously. Wonder if he goes with something similar on that, or if he um, if he looks to kind of sit back and defend, or, or, or plays the way again that he did against Man City and just go for it, go toe to toe with them, which really worked. So it would be interesting. I, I don't know how you see things going, or, or how you personally would like to approach this game. It's a it's a weird one because. It's not a game that I'm necessarily looking forward to because it's a game that we could easily get beaten by quite a few goals. But at the same time, Ralph's record this season against the the, the, the big teams, as you said, is is good. And we seem to turn up for these games. And the only against the big teams, I think that defeat to Chelsea was, I think, our only defeat against the bigger sides. And that only came about because Ward Prowse got himself sent off. And from that point, we, you know, it's just a matter of time before Chelsea were going to score again. But we've all, we've looked like we're in every single one of those games. I mean, when we equalised against Chelsea, there was, it looked like we could go on to win it. Um, but so it's a strange one. It's a game that on paper and everyone from the outside looking in is going to say, oh yeah, I'll get all of the Liverpool players in my fantasy team. That's going to be a five, five niller. But from Saints fans perspective, yes, we're disappointed with the Norwich um, result, but it's a game that we know Saints are probably going to turn up in and play well and look like scoring. And I wouldn't be surprised to see us take the lead or maybe equalise or something like that. And I think Ralph, I don't think, is going to make too many changes. I, I think we'll probably start with two up, two up top. 
uh, like we did against Manchester City. I don't, I'm not quite sure what he's gonna what he's gonna go for. I don't see him suddenly putting everyone behind the ball. Um, but obviously that game plan can go out the window if Mo Salah turns up inside the first minute. Yeah, I think I thought about it and and just now and you think that maybe he would go three at the back, bring Lianco in the centre there and then play Livermento and Walker Peters as your as almost a back five. And but then like you said, he always likes to play two up front. So it leaves you with like a midfield three, which I wouldn't mind playing a five three two against the big teams. But I just feel like against Liverpool that leaves you susceptible to Trent, who is chief provider for them. You know, if Walker Peters is playing left back of a back five and he is the guy who's going to go out with you know, Mark Salah, then you need someone who is just going to man Mark Trent all game. I think Gineppo's probably his guy for that. But you could play a 3-5-2 and say, look, they play three up front, so we'll play three along the back line and mark them up. So Salisu would be the one to mark up Salah. But his movement is good and he can go wide, Salah. And you, at that point, if you're dragging Salisu out all the way to the uh, to the to the touchline and leaving gaps in it, that's where you start to lose your shape. And I, I that's I wouldn't like to go about it personally that way. So we'll be interested to see how he does it. I think he might go for 4-2 or 4-2-2-2, whatever he wants to call it, but play the Gineppo or the strongest defensive winger on Trent to really try and mark him out of the game. I think I, think I agree, and I think it could be a really... It's, it may be a really weird one to set up for because I had a look earlier today and it almost could... Liverpool could be without Jota and Firmino, so you don't know who's going to play in that middle striking role. Maybe you'd move Salah into the middle and put another a wide player, maybe even Minamino, uh, to come in because Origi yeah. is Origi's injured as well. So it could be. I get I get the feeling Jota probably will play. I think he just got a knock, but yeah, you're right. Minamino might end up coming in or Chamberlain up in that front three. But um, Jota is the kind of player that I think could score a header against us, score that kind of pooky um, Cornet goal where he drifts between the centre-backs like we were talking about earlier. Yeah, no, you're right. He gets into those spaces where you think he's got no chance of getting a, a header in from there. And for some, quite a diminutive figure, he does score quite a lot of headed goals. Um, but obviously the main the main player that you need to watch out for is, is Salah, especially in the form that he's in at the moment. I mean, you need... Even Mane, I mean, Liverpool are just full of world-class players. It'll be a very difficult game. Um, I'm hope that we see at the end of the game, Ralph on his knees crying once again, because we've managed to get a victory. Although when he did that last time, it sort of triggered the worst form I've seen for Saints in quite some time. Uh, I, I don't Potentially I, ever. Potentially. Do you play Shane Long against Van Dijk? Is old, go, go back up to Anfield and recreate that, that moment from... Uh... Years gone by. I like your thinking, but I think Shane Long and if you maybe partnered him up top with Theo Walcott, they'd probably still need a couple of Zimmer frames to get to the other end of the year. Uh, Van wouldn't know what to do with them. Well, you'd probably be thinking, is this guy for real? Uh, I don't know who I'm, I don't know who to actually mark and then just think, you know, I don't even need to mark either of them because there's just no threat whatsoever. It's a, it's a strange one. How are you... How do you feel going into the game from a fan's perspective? Do you think going to Anfield, oh no, this is going to be a battering? Or do you think yeah. you or do you think we've seen it so many times, poor performance against poor teams, but then we turn up against the big ones? No, option A for me. Option, I, I think they're probably the best attacking team in the division as well. Man City are brilliant at what they do, but they're very, very happy just to keep the ball for long periods to allow you kind of respite and then try and pick their way through. And with Man City, you've just got to concentrate for 90 minutes and hope that you can get the right ricochet and cut out because they'll try and play through you. Liverpool won't. They'll stretch the pitch. Their, their fullbacks and obviously Trent mainly are fantastic. They've got threat all over the pitch. And like I said, their movement of the front three, they can score different types of goals. I just, I think they're really, really difficult to... Um, to stop the teams that have done well against them recently, i.e. Brighton and West Ham, both conceded two goals against them. They just outscored them. 
So I wonder if Ralph might look at that and say, look, we would do very, very well to get a nil-nil here. But there is an opportunity that maybe we can try and cause them problems. If they're running towards their own goal, then they're not going to do anything in ours. And and we know Ralph has played that way many times. So I'm, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'd definitely go with the the option of A, though. You know, I, I fear that we're going to get a bit of a hiding um, against a team that's scoring goals for fun. It's just usually, you know, we used to play football manager and, well, you might still, but you get the, you know, the opposition instructions and you're kind of like, right, these are the main threats. This is, this is one where you're literally just giving instructions on like every single player because mm. there are so many threats from so many areas on the pitch and the way they play. So that, that's, that's my worry. Usually, I think we, we usually do quite a good preview in terms of tactically how you can set up against each opponent, especially the big ones because you think more about the opponent when obviously when they're better than you. But with Liverpool, I think it's, it's a difficult one to try and pin down a winning formula. Um, if we get a draw, a draw, you know, needless to say, I'll be absolutely ecstatic with that. And thinking on this, on maybe more of a realistic view, just looking ahead a little bit, the likely result is we do lose. Then suddenly, after a good run of form, we're heading into... December on the back of two defeats in a row how do you think do you think a defeat at Liverpool for the fact that it follows a Norwich defeat would sort of not derail us but just be a bad about in in terms of looking ahead to the Leicester and Brighton games do they suddenly put massive amounts of pressure on those fixtures considering how many we've got in such a short space of time no I don't I don't think so I think the fact that we got 12 points from four games before Norwich like we were saying before, if we'd managed to get the win there and got four wins and a draw out of those five games we pinpointed, then it would have been fantastic. But, you know, you said nine points was your kind of hopeful expectation. We we got there within four games. Yeah, we lost the last one. But had we lost to Watford and then we managed to get those two wins against Villa and Norwich, then, yeah, you would say, OK, the Watford one was disappointing, but we're off the back of two wins now. So, yeah, I think two away games... One of them being Liverpool, two losses in a row isn't exactly you know record breaking in the Premier League. Lots of teams do it, and we've built ourselves a little bit of a cushion where we've lost against Norwich, but we're still in thirteenth, even though teams below us got points, as I mentioned earlier. So I, I think we we expect to lose against Liverpool. So if we do, there's no pressure based on that. This is almost a no pressure game, but then we have the opportunity with two home games inside a few days. And, and those are then obviously going to be the big games. Yeah, and if we're touching on Leicester and Brighton, how many points would you say we've lost to Liverpool? How many points would you be expecting from those two games just while before? Obviously, we'll do an episode next week having a look at it. But on the back of this, what what would you see as a, a, a respectable return? Two home matches oh. against teams that... Well, it, it says in and around us, Leicester are the team that are around us at the moment and Brighton the team that we'd expect it to be the other way around. I'd, I'd take three points from those two games, if I'm honest. Um, like you said, the record against Brighton isn't great at St Mary's. Leicester are always a threat. I don't care if they're out of form at the moment. They are always a threat. Vardy's always a threat. Yeah, what happened against them before I think means that oh, I'm always a bit fearful of, of when they're coming to St Mary's but I, I think if we got a win and a loss out of those two games I would take that I mean we could play really well and really solidly and, and draw both games but at the end of the day you know a win is, is worth three points two draws is only two that's quick maths for the time so um, I, yeah I, I would take that if we got four points from two I think that would be really really positive um, heading into, I think, an away game with Arsenal and then a nice run from what we looked at last week. So, yeah, yeah after, I, after I that, it would be um, after that. I think after Arsenal, I think it's Palace and Brentford. Um, and Brentford, I know they got their draw against Newcastle, sort of end the the run of defeats. But again, it's a draw with the side bottom of the league who haven't haven't won a game yeah. yet. I think so. you'd expect that there would be goals against Leicester. They're conceding, but they also score. And then it might be a, you know, a bit of a, a bore fest against Brighton. So I'm expecting a nil-nil with Leicester and a 
three all draw with Brighton on on that basis. But yeah, I, I think look, you know, Liverpool first and foremost, Ralph will be looking at that. Well, there's an opportunity to get something. Brighton got something up there, and they scored two goals. And Brighton are shit when it comes to scoring goals. We can we can score. We can cause some problems. We just need to make sure we don't leave the back door open for them to to score a lot more goals than us. So we, um, yeah, I, I think I'm not particularly hopeful, but I wasn't hopeful ahead of the the other game, the big games, the, the Man United's and the Man City's and the Chelsea's. So yeah, we'll see. I, I just I don't see anything other than a loss this weekend. But so, then two games in a few days at home, being at home during that spell two quick turnaround games is, is definitely a positive for us. Yeah, it, it is. And having the game on the Wednesday straight after it means that there isn't time really to dwell on any defeat and there's a chance to put it right um, straight away. But hey, we might go, we might go in. As you can probably tell, um, we're feeling really, really confident about the weekend. Callum, before we wrap up, score prediction? 3-0 Liverpool. 3-0 Liverpool. I reckon we will score. I'm going to go for 3-1 to Liverpool. Perfect. Back where we were then. We told us last week we got ahead of ourselves. We went away from our, our ritual of, of backing against Saints because we thought, nah, there's absolutely no chance we're losing to this mob. And uh, lo and behold, it happened. So, yeah, we're in, for, we're in for a tonking against Liverpool on Saturday. I did want to ask you a question, actually, before I forget. Um, <laughs> Obviously, our run of form was before the international break. Then we had a two-week break, and you know, did, did, man, did momentum drop there? And and the main question I want to ask you is: Do you feel Ralph did the right thing in allowing them to have those few days where they could train at home as a reward for the good form? Because at the time, it sort of seems like a, a harmless, good thing to do for morale. Let them spend time with their fa- friends and families, and you know, we've got two weeks until the next game. It's only Norwich. We're playing well, etc. Obviously, hindsight is a wonderful thing. But having lost to Brock Bottom Norwich, does that almost look like a bit of a um, bit of a small club mentality? Where you know we've we've done well. We've gone on a rather form where we're not losing every game. So you're all rewarded with a few days off. You wouldn't get that at the bigger clubs. You know, we're, well done, you've won games, but that's what we expect you to do. So turn up bright and early and we'll get ready and we'll continue this before the Norwich game. Just looking back at it, I wonder if that might have had an effect. A couple of points I'll make on that is that one, at the ta- at the I think it was at the Villa game, uh, I think the news came out that Redmond had tested positive. So I don't know if it was a way of maybe just trying to halt any spread throughout the squad by saying you can work from home, but sort of, framing it as a nice way um uh, obviously i think i think good play needs to be rewarded and if i'm gonna i'm gonna defend the move here because in terms of a lack of momentum we still scored within the first few minutes against norwich and really should have been you know home and dry by half time and i think we were just a little bit shocked by the the way that we conceded um, if that goal doesn't go in, essentially we have exactly the same half of football that we've seen for the last few matches. In terms of we we just we scored early, we just couldn't we just couldn't score anymore. And then obviously it's been a running theme that the managers the opposition manager changes it at half time, and we struggle to deal with that. So in terms of an actual stop in momentum, I don't think so. Um, but I guess you could argue it maybe small club mentality that we've gone gone unbeaten in four and therefore you're rewarded off. I just think I don't agree with the lack of momentum just because we scored so early and played exactly the same way that we would have done in the first half um, as we did before. Whether in I mean, as you say, hindsight's a wonderful thing. It's it's a nice reward for the players, but maybe maybe we should have spent some time working on defending crosses and set pieces because it seems to be something that. We can't do, and surely defending set pieces is the easiest form of training. Yeah. Um, and I'd hope, I'd hope that they would look at that this week. But and someone who, needs who knows? to. I'm, I'm not a fly on the wall at the training ground, but I get the impression that Ralph will be far more preoccupied with the less straightforward things and mm. 
attacking and all the rest of it. You know, he works on defence and he has, and he says he has, and you can see that, but we're still making mistakes. So I think we need definitely need to shore up and we definitely need at the, at the back when those crosses are coming in, that communication, that organisation needs to be needs to be dealt with. Um, and maybe you can think about making subs at the right time. And the right subs. And the right subs. And also maybe yes. um, invest in Alex McCarthy having those old school uh, goalkeeper gloves that have the metal fingers in them so they don't bend back, bend your fingers backwards and actually have a rigid hand rather, yeah, than, maybe, rather maybe than the marigolds that he's obviously wearing at the moment. <laughs> Maybe just put some put some bones in Alex Alex McCarthy's fingers. Um, one thing that I we finished the recording last week, and I immediately regretted not discussing um, fantasy football because I seem to bring it up every week when I'm not doing well, and then after a good week where I flew to the top of the leaderboard, I completely um, completely forgot about it. But not this <laughs> not this week. I maintained that this weekend. I am above uh, Tom and his tricky scummers uh, this week. Highest scoring team this week is... Definitely not me. Bloody hell. It looked like it was me for a second, but down in 28th place, FC Cyprus has got 87 points. Bloody hell, who was in his team? He had... Uh, yeah, I mean, just just good all round, really. Obviously, had James, Alexander Arnold, Cancelo, uh, Mendy got a clean sheet too. He got out, he got that assist for Aaron's. Played him against uh, against Saints. Tony Jota, yeah, not bad. Salah captain yourself. You're not done. Uh, you're not done too well this week, Tom. I haven't actually looked at. Where I don't you think are. my. I don't think the fact that I had Stuart Armstrong, Armando Breuer in there as well. Um, <laughs> On the decline, down in fortieth. Oh, no. Well, at least it's not last. Wow, there's only 49 teams in here, but... Uh, 30, uh, uh, I'm, in the top, I'm in the top 40. I'm in the top 40. Uh, top 40 UK top 40. Yeah. Yeah, 39 points. Let's see what happened with you. My goodness. Two Brighton players. Get in. Leicester goalie. Jamie Vardy, captain. Broya. I'll tell you what, the only player that did decent for you, pretty much, was Rico Henry, who was your third sub. So... Yeah, one of those weeks, mate. And, uh, well, I mean, the fact that I'm four, 40th means that I've had, that is just a one of many, many weeks that have been like that. <laughs> uh, right. Unless you have anything else to say, my friend, I think we could probably leave it there. I think uh, you're right. Actually, in the last week, I have managed to watch the first episode and go all the way through two series of Ted Lasso. Have you seen it? No, I've not. Apple TV, isn't it? Apple TV, I think there's a free trial at the moment and you get the first two episodes for free if you're signed up or not, I think. Give it a go. It is brilliant. And it's I've very much got on the uh, on the hype train very late because there's already two scenes, seasons of it. But uh, it's it's great fun. It, it really is great fun. I didn't think I'd get so hooked so early. So I so I can I can get two free episodes and then realize that I have to pay for the rest of the two seasons. Is that the is that the the, the play here? I think that's the general gist, yeah. Yeah, as long I'm not as you... involved in that. No, no. no. <laughs> There's not enough on Apple TV for me to, to no, warrant me bothering, no. especially with all the other platforms. You've got Netflix and Amazon and yeah. everything Go else. Another... And then normal, normal old TV. Remember that? So What's why that? Would I, um, yeah, What's I'm that? Cha sure. Channel 5? <laughs> so have you, have you got Apple TV or did you did you I, I got the, for this? I got, no no I got the free I got the free trial and I think I've managed to fill um finish the uh like the full free free trial and I managed to finish the whole two series series within that week. So I'm just gonna oh, cancel okay. it. Alright, oh, well that's maybe it that's maybe an option for me, get it done in a week. Just make sure I do it when I've got a, a lot of spare time. But yeah, I've heard good things. It's uh, yeah, he's uh, it's uh, what's his name? Jason, Jason Sudeikis. Sudeikis, yeah, I like him and he's uh American American soccer coach, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can tell I'm going to put everything in, whether we win or lose or draw. You can draw? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, somebody's got it about right. Yeah, no, I've not. Uh, no, I've not seen that. Um, I'm going to watch matches. You tell you what, I haven't watched match a day for a couple of weeks. And I want to um, I want to have a look at, I want to watch a bit of football, to be honest. I watch sort of bits and bobs, like whilst the games have been on at the weekends. But you know, the weekends the only time you get without work, and it's difficult to keep up with everything that's happening. So, match today is that kind of um, 
and kind of get out jail free cards so you know what's uh, what's going on. But I've realised I haven't seen any of the games from the weekend really, apart from uh, a bit of the Spurs game, Man City game on Sunday, mm. and obviously the Saints the Saints highlights I've, I've watched. And missing the two three all draws that were absolutely sensational. So you know what I do? I I, I watch. I mean, it's a bit of a, a cheat, really, because you don't get to watch the football. You just get to see the goals, pretty much, or the near goals. But I just go on YouTube and yeah. the, I think is it the Premier League do like the three-minute highlight reels of every game. Just watch them yeah. back to back, and twenty minutes later, I've got you know I've seen the whole of Saturday's games. So that uh, that is a bare minimum. But I'd quite like to you know listen to uh, Alan Shearer and Ian Wright's. Um, chat about yeah no. how how saints did against norwich although i did watch that and they didn't even mention saints i don't think it was that it was that lackluster there were a lot of goals this weekend though wasn't there? 30 or something i think which a lot is... of goals i was sort of watching i was at my mates and he had the scott sports news on and we switched on after 10 minutes and there had been a goal in almost like every game it was mm. crazy looked at saints we're like we're one one and they've just equalized Seven minutes in, what the fuck have I missed? <laughs> it's like, what on earth's been happening here? Uh, oh, bloody hell, we scored. When was that? Who was it? So yeah, that was um, yeah, that was good. And then obviously the Brentford and and Newcastle, Newcastle game. game and the Burnley and uh, Palace game were goals were flying in left, right, and centre. So it's, it's yeah, quite, I think it's quite funny. Yeah, one. maybe I probably shouldn't have watched. I, I should have just waited to watch match of the day in full rather than cheating by watching those crappy YouTube videos where I see because now I've sort of I've seen the main parts of it now. So it's almost not worth it. It was quite funny. You should have gone into match of the day not knowing any of the scores and then you're there thinking, why on earth is Burnley going to Crystal Palace the first game? What you know what's funny is I was fast forwarding through it all so I could watch the Saints game, which I believe was probably last. Yeah. And uh, and I was going through Burnley Crystal Palace was like the the Third to last game at three all because because Wat Watford was four one. Oh yeah, United, so that was on first. Um, uh, the, the other three all was before it. The Newcastle game. Mm. Uh, the only ones after it were Saints Villa v Villa v Brighton because Gerrard yeah. came in, so he got in there ahead of Dean Smith as a bigger um, story. So we, I think, we were on last. I'm trying to think what other games were on it. Well, there was on, um, on Wolves. Day. Wolves beat West Ham one nil. Um, oh, oh, that was last actually. Big pardon, I didn't watch that. That was the last yeah, one, no. and then so they were pretty much in oh, the middle. And and the uh, the the Chelsea games earlier, yeah, Chelsea and went earlier did, as well. Did Arsenal play on Saturday? Oh yeah, they got tonked by Liverpool. So all the all the oh, big of course teams they did, yeah. played. All yeah. the big teams came first, and then uh, yeah, and the six goal thriller was was sort of like middle of the card. So yeah, poor old Burnley and Palace. It'll never be. Uh, Never be first so much that day. day. I remember. I remember when we were beating uh, Sunderland eight 0 at home, and we were singing the uh, "We'll still be last to match, match of the, of the day." day. <laughs> on the best chance to, to impromptu chance on them. Although we did get a good shout actually from the commentator on match of the day, where uh, we were one 0 up for a few minutes, and they were singing. You're getting sacked in the morning. He hey. said. Uh, he said something like, "Who said?" Uh, who said funny chants on the terraces were, were dead, hey? But I think he probably didn't know that that was, I would imagine that was a chant that was circling St Mary's a couple of Fridays ago. So mm. they were just kind of hounding Dean Smith with a repeat there. But Dean yeah, Smith good, unfortunately, good had to... the, uh, unfortunately had the last laugh on that one. Yes, yes he did. Unless he, unless he gets the Liverpool job by next week, I don't think we'll have another chance to instantly overturn no. that. That'd be quite remarkable. That work, could you imagine? Well, I mean, it, it, it's not going to happen, but anyway. Right. Um, if you want to find the podcast on Twitter, you can find it at under underscore saints. You've gone early with the double click there. You can find have... me at, at uh, Callum Wilson 21. You, you threw me there. I almost forgot my, my hand. No, 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 no. What's even worse is I've even forgotten to say what my name is. Yeah, I know. That you, there was a bit of a, a, a pause there where I thought, yeah. okay, he's waiting for me to come in there. We're going for a bit of... My, Under my, the lights, then me, then you, I guess. Obviously, this is a complete and utter, you know, fuck up here. But uh, if you find me, I'm at T214Murray. Um, stay yeah. safe. Stay I wonder, I wonder what, if, what? I don't know, it's fucked up even more. I wonder if anyone heard um, my uh, my Radio Solent interview from uh, the oh. last week with, uh, with, with your mate, 
Alan, if anyone, everyone, I wonder if anyone heard the plug for the Under the Lights podcast. Cheeky, just to get it, if, get if it anyone in there. Did, if, if anyone listens to Radio Solar during the, during the week, what, what was it? About half past eight, I think, on yeah. uh, Friday. Was it? was it Friday? Half it was Friday. Eight, We're Friday all looking morning. positively at Saints. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit. Yeah, it was <laughs> looking on Browser Genius and all this sort of stuff. And then, uh, yeah, looking ahead to the Norwich game and then, and then, yeah, wonder what the uh, what all the fans what had to say Monday morning today. But no, that was uh, no, that was good just for um, having me on for that. But that was a good uh, good little good little chat. I think they had the total total yeah. Saints pod on there as yeah, well. Ben that, so. and Adam just it's quite funny actually. We will end we will end the episode, but on that Friday, that's what got me. Yeah, well, that, to be honest, that was a <laughs> that, that was a good topic of conversation. But it was quite funny for those three teams that we did. We did uh, Bournemouth, Portsmouth, and Saints. Saints were last. We looked at um, for for Port for for Pompey. It was the the sort of the thing was like, oh, it's a bit doom and gloom. Are they doing any better? Eh, not really. And then Bournemouth, it was like, well, they got Derby up next. We might as well not turn up. They're going to win that game anyway. And then very po- the teams that we're positive about lost to the team at the bottom of the league in their respective leagues. Oh, and Bournemouth lost it then. The they lost. The they lost to Derby. Derby now oh, back up to zero points again. For and now. yeah, for now. Yeah, you know, another another week, another points deduction. And Portsmouth won in the last minute in their game against Wimbledon. So it's kind of a bit like obviously. Oh, that's a shame. I'll tell you what, I didn't even know what the what the score was for them. But I whilst I was watching Scottish Watch News, I saw them go one nil down. So that was um things were going swimmingly at the time. Yeah, you know, Saints one nil up, Portsmouth one nil down. And then it flips at the end of the end of the day. Although it's about time they, they had a weekend, isn't it, where they can um yeah. I say gloat, but you know, can hardly gloat about beating AFC Wimbledon whilst we're in the Premier League. But you know, they've uh, they've hey, been hey. drowning in poor results for a while, haven't they? The five points off the playoffs in League One for them—that's like winning a title. Wow! I'd, I'd, yeah, it'd be great if they got the playoffs because we can watch them bottle it all over again. <laughs> if they can even qualify for them this time. <laughs> in truth, this is true. This is true. Anyway, but... we will round this up. We've done. We've done the stuff for Twitter. Uh, you know where to find us. Uh, like and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you could just smash the like button, that would be wonderful. Uh, hit subscribe. Um, you went Australian there, mate. I don't know what happened. Yeah. I don't know. Basically, I'm just throwing myself too into it. I think the last cool. 10 minutes of this podcast have literally been complete and utter shite. We've gone from Ted Lasso. So, to... Some will argue the first 40 minutes were as well. But we'll, yeah, if you, uh, if, yeah. I have to Any say. Any comments? <laughs> congratulations if you're still listening all the way after this and just thinking they're not even talking about anything that's even remotely interesting here why am i not switched off it's because you're intrigued you're intrigued enough to think but what could happen in the last few minutes anyway i'm starving as always i need to go and get food uh that seems to be a running theme after i finish uh stop recording but that's sort of my my getaway um line that i use but i generally am quite hungry at the moment so uh have a safe and uh, wonderful evening Oh, I didn't even say stay safe, yeah, stay wonderful. What oh, is no. going on here? You're not allowed to do it anymore. Uh, you know what? I've, I've screwed it up enough. Yeah, night.